0: Welcome to Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children have about life on Earth. Let's begin with our first question, which is a very important one It comes from River. Over to River. My name is River. I'm six years old. My last name is Heenan. My question today is, how are books made? And my birthday's in first of all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, River, thank you for sending me your brilliant question. First of all, to write a book, you need an idea. Then you need to write it down and illustrate it if you want it to have pictures. Then if you want it to be for your friends, you could staple it into a book or use sellotape or make it however you like probably make a front cover and then give it to a friend to read. Or if you want to write a book that's going to go in bookshops and be sold to lots of people to read all around the world, then this is how you do it. And this is how I'm about to do it because I've written a book which lots of you've got called everything under the sun and i'm starting a new one called everywhere under the sun this is how i'm going to do it i've had the idea which is going to be answering more of your questions but this time i'm looking for questions from children all around the world So, if you've got friends living in other countries can you ask them to send me a question make sure you send me yours too it's going to be a big celebration of life on earth so get sending in questions when i've got the questions i'm going to be answering them i'm going to spend about a year answering all of your questions making the answers really interesting full of fun things about our world then i'm going to send all of my writing into a publisher that's somebody who prints and sells books and creates books and that publisher is called ladybird now at ladybird there's someone great called christina and she is a designer And she's going to ask lots of brilliant illustrators to do drawings of all of the answers to your questions. Last time we had 12 illustrators, so hopefully we're going to have the same. And we're going to try and get an illustrator from every continent in the world. Then, when all the writing is great and all the drawings look beautiful, Christina puts them all onto pages and makes them look perfect. Once it's ready, all the information gets sent over to China where it's printed in a big printing factory and then I've seen footage of the books being printed which I posted up on my Instagram and it's so amazing thousands and thousands of books being printed and when they're all ready and everyone there's happy they pack them onto a boat and ship them back over here to England or to wherever they're being published in the world book's coming out in America soon, and it's being translated into Mandarin, Spanish, Russian, German, and lots of other languages. So that's also another part of how you make a book. If you want it to come out in other languages, you need to find somebody to translate it anyway once the books arrive on the boat they go into a warehouse and then bookshops order them and the more books people buy the more get printed and then they end up in your homes in your hands so you can read them in bed or in the garden in a hammock or wherever you want to read your book so that's how books are made I hope that answers your question, River. And if you've got any more questions that I didn't answer about writing books, then do let me know. And I hope you're going to write a book of your own. Maybe you can write one this weekend. About anything you like, all you need is an idea, pen and paper, or a computer. and get writing. Print it out and give it to someone to read. And you have a book. Wishing you lots of luck with your books. I hope that answers your question. Bye, River. And now for our next question, which comes from Penny. Hi, Penny. Hi, my name's Penny. I'm six years old. I like dinosaurs and power rangers. Who was the first king of England? Hi, Penny. Well, to answer your question, I have a brilliant historian called Dominic Sandbrook also writes books about history for children and adults and he makes a podcast for adults too called the rest is history i met dominic when we were both signing our books at hatchards a lovely bookshop in london where i also met dame joanna lumley who was on last week over to dominic
1: Hello, Penny. My name is Dominic, Dominic Sandbrook, and I'm a historian. I write history books for adults and for children. I do a series called Adventures in Time for Children, all about the great events of history. And that is a great question, actually. By the way, I like dinosaurs and Power Rangers, too. So the English first came to England really after the fall of the Roman Empire. So that is roughly, let's say, 1,500 years ago. And they had lots of kings because they didn't have one kingdom of England. But the first person who really united all the English into one kingdom and was the first person to be king of what we now think of as England was a man called Athelstan. Now, a lot of people haven't heard of him because we don't really know that much about him. So, originally, his family was from a place called Wessex, which is in the sort of southwest of England, and his grandfather was somebody called Alfred the Great, who was a great ruler of Wessex, a great warrior fought the Vikings. His father was called King Edward. And Athelstan was a great warrior himself. And he led his armies out through England. He was accepted by the people of the Midlands, and then he went up into the north, and he bashed all the Vikings in the north. He became the first Anglo-Saxon to rule the whole of what is now England. He even invaded Scotland and forced the Scots to submit to him as well. <laughs> So he saw himself as the overlord of all Britain. He wasn't just a warrior, he was very religious, so he took his faith in God incredibly seriously. He founded all sorts of churches and monasteries, he was very keen on people kind of learning to read and write and things. And he was a great lawgiver, which meant that he sort of went across the country, creating new laws and rules to try and bring order to England, his new kingdom. So he was born in about 894 AD, and he died in about 939. And he was in his 40s when he died. And when he died, the idea of the English all living in one kingdom, one kingdom of England, had been created effectively. And from that point onwards... Although England was sometimes united with other kingdoms, and although people from all over Europe ended up from France and so on from Scotland, would sometimes become kings of England, the idea of there being a kingdom of England and an English king never, ever went away. So thanks for your question, and the answer is Athelstan.
0: Thank you, Dominic, for telling us all about Athelstan, first king of England, and- Thank you Penny for sending in your question. I hope that answers it for you. And now for our third and final question from Jemima. Over to Jemima. Hello, my name is Jemima and I am seven years old. I have two sisters and a guinea pig called Humbug. My question is, how many islands are there in the world and what is the biggest and what is the smallest? Bye-bye. Thanks, Jemima, for your great question. Well, it's really tricky to work out how many islands there are if you include all the ones in lakes, rivers, seas and oceans. According to World Population Review, the world contains approximately 670,000 islands. These are the countries with most islands. Next up, we have Norway with 239,057 islands. Next up, Sweden. Next, Canada with 52,455 islands. Then, Finland. Then, interestingly, the United States with 18,617. I wouldn't necessarily have expected that, the lot are in Alaska. Then, we have Indonesia. There are around 11,000 islands that have people living on them and countless more that do not. It kind of depends on what you call an island. It has to be surrounded by water, smaller than a continent, and big enough for a tree to grow on it. Canada has the world's largest uninhabited island. It's called Devon Island, and it's about the same size as all of Croatia, but it's totally empty of people. Now, to answer the second part of your question, the biggest island in the world is Greenland. And one of the smallest in the world is Bishop Rock in the Isles of Scilly in the Atlantic Ocean. Now, Greenland is the world's biggest island that is not a continent. It's ten times the size of Britain. Not very many people live on the island considering it's such a huge country. And that's because a lot of it is covered in thick ice called an ice cap. If all the ice in Greenland melted, world sea levels would rise so much that London, Los Angeles and lots of other coastal cities would be full of water. And Greenland would become an archipelago of islands clustered around three main islands. The name Greenland is a funny one considering it is so icy. But in the south it can be green and beautiful with meadows of flowers and mosses and herbs. The name Greenland was given to it by Eric the Red, who was a Viking who moved there with other Vikings in 986 AD. Eric the Red called it Greenland tried to get other Vikings to move there because he thought the name sounded pretty nice and that people would think, hmm, I'd quite like to move to Greenland. And then when they got there, they found out it was covered in ice. Greenlanders call their island Kalalit Nunat, home of the people or land of the Kalalit. They are the indigenous Inuit people of Greenland. Greenland sounds like such an interesting country. I'd really like to go there, actually. On the other end of the scale, Bishop Rock in the Silly Isles is the world's smallest island with a building on it. What building do you think is on the world's smallest island? Hmm, did anyone guess a lighthouse? That's what it is. And if you ever get to go to the Cilly Isles on holiday, you could take a boat trip out to see the lighthouse on the world's smallest island with a building on it. Watch out for puffins. Have you seen your question answered in Everything Under the Sun, the book, Jemima? Turn to page 119, where on June the 19th, you can see your answer along with a drawing of a Desert Island. I hope that answers your question, Jemima, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a lovely week huge thank you to the wonderful Dominic Sandbrook for talking to us about the first monarch of England called Athelstan. And to Penny, River and Jemima for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we used this week. If you have a question, I think you know how to send it in. Just get a grown-up's phone, record your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question. And send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. You can send it to me as an audio or a video if you want it to be on Instagram at everythingunderthesunpod. Remember to get yourself a copy of my lovely book. I think you're going to love it. Have a wonderful week filled with lots of things you love. And if anyone's in Greenland, please send me a question and tell me a few interesting things about Greenland. I'm fascinated by it now. I hope you have a happy time. I'm going to be starting my new book and hopefully going swimming a lot because it seems to be very sunny here in England. Sending you lots of sunshine. A big thank you and goodbye.